0: All right, here we go for Sol 100. Sol 100 for January 29th. Just a gorgeous day. Plus one coming into the station to the Sports 1440 studios looking for a high of oh, only plus 11 or 12 today. It's going to be just soupy and sloppy out there on the roads. Um... So glad you could join us on the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, Thanks for tuning in on Sports 1440 on the AM dial, on our many apps, iHeartRadio, and, of course, on 1440.ca. Thanks for checking in on a Monday morning for the next four hours, and it's... Kind of weird, I guess, because it's the all-star break in the NHL, so the orders are obviously off for several days here. We'll get back to work as the week progresses and then head out on the road to try for win number 17 in a row a week from tomorrow in Vegas against the Golden Knights. Both teams with 29 wins on the season right now, both teams with 15 losses on the season right now. The only difference in the record is that Vegas has uh, six overtime or shootout losses. The Oilers just have one. So that's where the difference lies. Oilers with five games in hand. Vegas with 64 points. The Oilers with 59 points. But again, five games in hand. And who would have thought, man, after that 2-9-1 and one start that the Oilers would be where they are right now. But simply... A simply remarkable run, and full credit to so many players on this team. To every one of the players on this team. If you look at it from the top, I mean, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl have been very good, consistent, uh, finding ways to win every night uh, with the the scoring from the bottom six and distributed scoring. Defense has been well. What can you say? Maybe even more. Impressive than the 16 wins in a row is the fact that the Oilers have played 13 games, and in those 13 games, uh, they're on a streak of two goals or less. So that is an amazing stat. And the way Stu Skinner has played, again, just uh, you know, we had a little in or out. Is Stu Skinner in the Vezina? In the Vezina, and that would have been two weeks ago. Is he in that Vezina conversation at that point? No, but now, yes. He has to be. He's tied with Thatcher Demko for goals against average. So if Thatcher Demko's in the conversation, I think Stu Skinner has to be in the conversation. A 2.44 goals against, but in this uh, 16-game winning streak, Stu Skinner's 12-0 and with a 1.41 goals against average and a 9.50 save percentage. So simply a remarkable run. The other aspect that the Oilers have... Really nailed things down. The penalty kill unit has all has vaulted up to fifth right now in the league 830 percent ranked fifth, and the power play is you know just nudging up a little bit too. It's at twenty seven point one, so ranked fourth. If you have a top five PK, top five power play, and your goaltender is playing the way he is, that's a recipe for some serious serious success. Uh, maybe a recipe not for success was what happened in the NFL yesterday with uh, a couple of teams that were disappointing. First of all, Baltimore was disappointing in the sense that they really didn't get anything done on offense, and Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes. We'll touch on that one a little bit later, but I think everyone was really wants to talk about uh, the second game, Detroit and San Francisco. San Fran was down 17 points at the half, and then you know everyone was Everyone had booked a ticket, not everyone, but a lot of people had booked a ticket for the Lions for their first Super Bowl. And everyone was thinking, this is a team kind of almost of of destiny. But then the Lions, because of several reasons, poor execution, some questionable coaching decisions, uh, will be under the gun. Dan Campbell for a long time. I get the fact that Dan Campbell is a bit of a riverboat gambler. And on the two fourth down calls, I really don't have a problem with those calls. It's at the end of the game where it was a very poorly mismanaged situation because you need two scores. They have the ball with, you know, roughly a minute and a half. Probably should have just spiked the ball, kicked a field goal, would have been able to retain all three of their timeouts. And then, you know, kick the ball off. Hold San Fran. I mean you have to you need two scores anyway. So that's the one that's puzzling. Uh the other two, Josh Reynolds with a drop is a it was a tough catch. It would have been a tough catch, but he's still got to make that catch. The other one to Ramon Saint Brown was that's a hope pass uh from Goff that was just kinda falling into like a little zone of coverage, more of a, a hoper than anything. So uh it is what it is, so it'll be. The San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks in Vegas. I believe the line, a point and a half already for San Fran. The Duke of Delburn was down at the... CBH, the Ice House. You want to call it that? Patty was down there. Did you see him? Was he shaking and baking down there? Patty popped by.
1: For, yeah. uh, he's. Uh, I mean, a man always on the go. But he did stop by for a little bit. Had a good chat uh, with myself and Connor and uh, Donovan, the intern, oh, yeah. down as well, uh, taking in the sights and sounds of the Ice House. So it was a great crowd. A terrific turnout yeah. um, for them and. Uh, uh, the big thing being that across all the brew house locations yesterday, they're giving away a trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, every location gave away a 70 inch TV. Wow. And uh, it was just worked out. So there were two different locations that got to give away a trip to the Super Bowl. Do you know? One what? of them ended up being the Ice House yeah. on the randomizer. So we gave away. Um, did, was Quinn, the person there? To, Quinn, yeah, you had to be. Yeah, you had to be, thought, to, yeah, yeah. had to be to win, so you show up, you kind of register with your golden ticket you won throughout the season, and then we did the draw at the end of the game after the Ice House was, you know, selected as one of the finalist locations. And, uh, yeah, Quinn. Quinn is uh, going to head to the Super Bowl in a matter of just two weeks' time here and, and go take in the, the Chiefs and Ravens from Allegiant Stadium. Uh, cool. All accommodations, trips wow. stay, uh, I think a little food voucher if we're at the game and stuff, too. So about as... Uh, Rewarding of a prize package, I think you can come across in today's uh, landscape, and all courtesy of the Canadian Brew House and the uh, the Ice
0: House downtown. Is the forty ounce steak part of the food vouchers? That that's
1: not a part of it, but I think <laughs> that I think there's another big steak night coming up here, not Is too there? far down
0: the line. Yeah. Wow, we have to have patty in, in <laughs> the morning again, won't we? I mean, that's a, that's a no brainer.
1: Yeah, and I but I said we we're talking about, it, and I said this time I will not be eating all of it we'll leave that to the intern
0: <laughs> I don't think Donovan could handle it no no he, we, a,
1: we, we enjoyed some uh, some food down at the uh, ice house last night I had well they they accidentally made a couple orders of poutine that okay. were must have been like sides for someone and they, they, they was mistaken so they came by Connor and I and asked if we wanted them and I was like sure and then they walk away and Connor's mm-hmm. like I don't really like poutine so then I ate both of them and then Donovan shows up later. He <laughs> orders a chicken sandwich. Uh, I get a little uh, appetizer. Just little. a ravenous
0: appetite, Duke. Well, I was there for like
1: nine hours yesterday. Well, yeah, you, you got, got a, you
0: have your lunch right, and then you have supper. That's right. That's pretty yeah,
1: well what it was. It. And I had a, a nice Caesar, uh, bacon, bacon, maple oh, yeah. bacon Caesar when I first got there, and then I had uh, one beer for the first half of the second game as well. Then nice. lots of water. Stay hydrated.
0: Oh, really? Well, something happened Saturday night. Apparently, then. Actually, Kev, you know what? No,
1: I, I kept was it very it still from Friday. Kept night? it very on the rails all weekend in Delver before coming back. Um, I actually came back late Saturday night uh, after supper at the banquet and stuff. And I kind of was on the tipping point. I was like, "All right, I can leave now or stay, and it'll go off the rails, and then I'll be hurting all day Sunday." So instead, I made the. The good responsible, you, mature decision. Good for you. Got out of there, got home about twelve thirty, uh, just after midnight. Back to Edmonton, and a good night's sleep before taking in the sights and sounds at the ice house. And yesterday. it was see,
0: it's because your birthday was last week. You didn't even say anything, and see, you're just maturing. You're getting, you know, older. you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're just going. <laughs> you know what? I had a good run. Well,
1: Friday night. So I said this to you on one before we got off the air on Friday at the. Uh, so we played Friday night. We lost. That wrapped up our week at the Farmers' Barnsfield. Disappointing, but whatever mm-hmm. you know only a few teams can win so it is what it is so i when you our, our <laughs> draw our draw was 830 yeah. late one i fully expected to come out of there come upstairs you know at least a few tables of the previous teams so there was not a soul left at the at the rink why i, I don't know maybe everybody was saving themselves for saturday night at this big banquet i guess because i was a little disappointed so I, we sat around had a few uh, a few beers my uh, my sister's um, boyfriend who was there watching uh, my sister, but to both my sisters and my mom, who were, of course, uh, on the team with myself. Um, and there was like one or two other people left like that ran mm-hmm. the curling rink that were left, so we had a few drinks,
0: and then that was it. Home we went. There you go. So we kind of touched on it a little bit. What was, what was the mood, the feeling in there? You know, Detroit went for it a couple times. I'm sure people were going, eh, you know. And when it doesn't work out, but this has been his MO for... The whole season. It even going been. back to last year. And again, I don't have a big problem. Again, even though if you kick a field goal there and now you've got it, you make it a three point or three 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 scores, right? Because mm-hmm. they're up there 14 points at that point. Now it's at 17, you make it a three score game. I get that at that point of the game, but it, to me it's more about the end. You're still in there. If you kick that field goal with I would say it would be about buck twenty. Ballpark left, and then you still have your three timeouts. It was a terrible call to run the ball. Yeah. Then you got to take the timeout. That's where you lose the game that, was lost. Right? That, there.
1: That, that was pretty well it, right? To, to yeah. run the ball there, you kind of don't give yourself any time left. Um I, I'm I'm with you, Kevin, where I don't mind the call to go for it on the fourth down because that is what he's known for. But at the same time, I think an underlying thing there is that to be honest, the Lions kicker is not very good. And yeah. that would have been about a forty five yard field goal. So is it a matter of like trust too? Because if if you miss the field goal, of course you're turning it over there, regardless. But at that point, like if you don't trust your kicker to make a 50, yeah. 45 yard field goal, like what are you what are we talking about? there's is a championship. What's going to happen game. at the gate
0: at the end? Exactly. You're going to need you're going to need a forty-five yarder to do something. Exactly. At the end.
1: And, and I don't so. have the stat ring right for me. I believe I saw the, the Michael Bagley Badgley was about seventy-seven point something percent mm-hmm. from on field goals that were between forty and fifty yards. Yeah. So obviously not a, not a ringing endorsement by any stretch. Um, but at the actual Ice House. There was a good mix of people rooting for for each side. Yeah. Um, so well, there's a lot
0: of Niner fans. There, though, there were a lot know. of
1: Niners fans. And then I think, I don't know if there were any Lions fans per se, but people rooting against the Niners and maybe just, you know, yeah. hopping on the Lions bandwagon. That's so it, kinda, was, a, it that's was a pretty raucous happened. atmosphere. Yeah, it was that's great. what's
0: happened this year. Yeah. Because everyone's kind of going, I'd like to see Detroit come, you know, look where they were two years ago. They were terrible. <laughs> you know, then last year, I believe nine and eight come out this year to 12 and five. So... I think a lot of people were just, as you say, jumping on the bandwagon and trying to, you know, because it's a great story. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but couple, like your buddy Gibbs, that's a massive fumble. Can't do that. And, Can't do that. And it was an un- unlucky play with the DB that you caught the ball down at the two-yard line. That's an unlucky play for the <laughs> yes. Lions, but...
1: You know. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's that's what makes sports great—is that it, you know, just one thing can kind of tilt the scales one way or the other. And we saw it in the the earlier game, mm-hmm. um, the Zay Flowers fumble right at the goal line. Like that's pretty much the all she wrote for the Ravens in that affair. Uh, you got to give props to the Chiefs. I'm sure we'll elaborate on that more uh, as we stretch throughout yeah. the morning, including with our our first guest here at 7:20. But yeah, it was it was a great day, and the fact that both games were you know mostly close. Uh, of course, the Ravens and Chiefs ones kind of out of hand by the end of it, but. Um, I mean, hey, I went over on my predictions. I, I wanted the... The, the Lion had actually... People were on the Ravens so heavy. We talked about this the end of last week. They were three-and-a-half-point favorites. I said I didn't really like that at that point. I liked them still to win. By Sunday, when I put my bets in at about 12 o'clock, it moved to four-and-a-half. And like yeah. I said, I didn't like it at three-and-a-half, but I jumped on it at four-and-a-half anyway. They they get... Uh, they weren't even close to even winning the game, let alone covering those points. And then the Lions, they do cover, they do cover the seven-and-a-half and points. And... On my book, you get early payout mm-hmm. if your team goes up by 17 or more points. <laughs> so I technically won my Detroit Lions money line bet.
0: You know, Duke, I am just I'm just crushing the father-in-law the last couple of weeks. He I he was a beaten man sitting in his reclining chair yesterday at uh, you know, right after that last touchdown for again, I had the Lions to cover. cover oh yeah. So he was a beaten man and now it's looking like a nice lobster dinner. <laughs> Very nice.
1: And uh, Donovan, the intern, got a nice little inside look at what it is watching me uh, oh, watch some oh, watch no. some games, sweating out some bets at the end because <laughs> I had a, I think it was about a seven-leg parlay, about 22-1 to one payout on it. Jameer Gibbs, five rushing yards short, and that was the only thing that did not hit.
0: Well, after he fumbled, he never saw the never, ball. He,
1: yeah. he got the ball again on that weird running call. Yeah. Uh, on the on to the when they should have been just passing like yes. in the, on the final drive and i mean it yeah. went for nothing yeah. um but yeah and then i think he okay. was he was like wh- lined up out wide a couple times but yeah didn't see the ball out of the backfield again really the rest of the game so oh,
0: we, well we'll get to a bunch of your texts coming in to 18334011440 henry pillman Stair farmer rod dog reed northside norm among others uh, coming up at 720 right after the break we'll uh, check in with frank schwab talk a little more nfl from yahoo sports Lorian Munzer. Our co-host from 8 to 10, uh, Mark Spector, will be here at 8 o'clock as he is every day on the mark for Booster Juice. Andrew Peard, Edmonton Oil Kings play-by-play broadcaster. Oil Kings with a big overtime win yesterday afternoon over Brandon at Rogers Place. Uh, Aaron Portsline from The Athletic covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. Will guest with us at 9.20. We'll have our inner out uh, at 9.40 with Laurie And then at 10.20, Gord Stalick, Sirius XM NHL Radio and uh, former Maple Leafs uh, GM will be with us at 10.20. I believe just fresh off a little vacation for Gord. so frank schwab coming up right after the break on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 stay with us all right welcome back to the big program 722 in edmonton and let's talk a little nfl football with frank schwab from yahoo sports covers of course the nfl uh, frank uh, good morning welcome to sports 1440 thanks for hopping on this morning
2: yeah absolutely how are you doing
0: i'm uh, doing great up here frank uh, I guess let's just start with uh, the Detroit San Fran game. And, I mean, Dan Campbell's kind of getting a little bit of heat this morning. And I guess his M.O. all year is to be kind of aggressive, and he was. It didn't work out for the the Lions. But uh, just how did you see this one kind of shake down where Detroit had a big, big lead but just couldn't hang on?
2: Yeah, it just... it stinks for the Lions. It really stinks for their fans. Uh, they had it. I mean, you, you're you up 17 points in the second half of a conference championship game. You've got to finish that. It's, it's one of those types of things, one of those types of games where you just never get over it. You never. The Lions could go on and win a Super Bowl, and they'll think it should have been two. I mean, it, it's just one of the, one of those games that, you know, if you're on the wrong side of that, it eats at you for a really, really long time they you know they were the better team for most of that game and to come up short to just crushing the campbell stuff i mean i i i get analytics i like analytics all that i do think that in this case you know taking the points was fine the situation just kind of to me was you know make it a three score game that's okay it's it doesn't mean that you know. Just because you you have this certain reputation doesn't mean you have to live by it every single moment. It, it, there's there were times when you know, taking the points are fine, and when we talk about you know analytics and what should you go for it and should you should you kick a field goal, sometimes these decisions are one percentage point, and that's to, you know that's that's a coin flip. Whatever, like it's not a significant enough advantage for me to to just say you got to go for it every single time or anything like that. I I just think that he got he I get it he was aggressive that's how they got there he also never led by 17 points in an NFC championship game this is everything situational and I just think that this was the wrong call it was mm-hmm. it, it, especially the first one I I just think that the momentum was such that if you kick a field goal there, you you feel pretty good about yourself, whereas the moment that fourth and two pass hit the ground, I immediately thought that the Lions are going to lose this game. Mm-hmm. And it's unfair to the Lions. I probably wouldn't think that about any other team, but because of the Lions, I did think that. But you could kind of sense that the entire game shifted at that point. Now, you know, Brandon and I, you can make some miracle catch, and, and Jameer Gibbs fumbles, and all these things contribute to It wasn't just a fourth downs, of course. But, yeah, he's, it's going to be a long offseason wondering what ifs on uh and a lot of these uh, decisions.
0: Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, with us on Sports 1440. What about at the end of the game, Frank, when you're down by two scores and you could have kicked a field goal with about a minute 20 left and had your three timeouts? What about that clock and game management at that point?
2: Oh, well, I was fine with that. I mean, you. I think that people get mixed up when they talk about two scores because the two scores aren't equal. You need. I mean, the touchdown obviously is much much harder to get, and just getting them in any order it takes up the context that if you've got a shot at the touchdown, you go for the touchdown at all costs because, I mean, that's, that's going to be the harder one to get, even if you get the ball back. The one thing that bothered me was running on third down and having mm-hmm. used the timeout. I mean, you need their timeouts at that point, like period. Like that, I, I don't know what scenario you'd you, you, at that point, you'd rather – just rush a field goal team on and kick a field goal rather than waste that time out. You needed all three. That's the clock management thing I had a problem with. But I mean, what is going to be an uphill climb at that point anyway? As soon as, as soon as you go down two scores, you're really, really up against it.
0: What about? I mean, San Fran here, Frank. Green Bay could have easily beat the Niners. Detroit could have easily beat the Niners. They're, they're just kind of finding ways to win here, and now here they are in the Super Bowl and a one-and-a-half-point favorite to start.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, kudos to them for coming back. I, I mean, that's, that's, it says something about their team, their moxie, that, you know, their backs are against the wall two weeks in a row and they find ways to win, but it also says something about that they're not really playing that well. I, I thought the Packers outplayed them. I thought the Lions outplayed them for most of the, you know, they, they, more than half of the game and to, that's not the way you want to be going into a Super Bowl. I think when they kicked off against the Ravens on Christmas, we all thought they were unbeatable. Like, this is this is one of the best teams we've ever seen, and, and, et cetera, et cetera. And that's just gone. Like, that invincibility aura is just gone. Like, they, I don't think anybody's scared of the 49ers right now. I think the Chiefs look at the film of the last two weeks, and they say, we can beat this team. Heck, the Green Bay Packers going to beat this team. Why can't we? It's... It's it's not it's not great for the Niners. They're still very capable, still very talented. They could go in and beat the Chiefs, but it's it's a much more vulnerable team than than we thought for the first fourteen or whatever weeks of the season when mostly they were just crushing teams. This is a this team can be beat. There's flaws. I think the defense is is not playing that well. I think Purdy's okay. He's been good when he needs to be good, but he hasn't been great and. I think that the, the Chiefs, you give, that, you give Andy Reid an extra week. He's great at getting a game plan together, and I think they're going to be really ready for the challenge of the 49ers here.
0: Well, let's move over to that uh, Kansas City-Baltimore game, 17-10 Chiefs. And, uh, we've got Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports uh, on Sports 1440 this morning. What surprised you uh, in that game the most? Was it uh, the fact that you know Baltimore's offense was really limited and held to, to virtually nothing in the entire game?
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, when you have an MVP quarterback and look, Lamar Jackson's great. There, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and, and he's not overrated. He's the Ravens weren't overrated. They were a great team. He's a great quarterback. He had a great season. They just didn't play well, and the Chiefs had a lot to do with that. The Chiefs' defense really is, has been underrated almost all season. And now you look up and, and you know you say wow, they, we're pairing a, this Chiefs defense with Patrick Mahomes in that offense, which has its flaws for sure, but still Patrick Mahomes, uh, it's, it's a scary combination. They're really good, and they just, I, I couldn't believe the Ravens simply, uh, one thing I couldn't believe was the Ravens pretty much gave up running the ball. Like, they they didn't even try. That, that was the thing. I think they ended up with six running back carries, which is just unbelievable for a game that really was never out of hand. I know they trailed for, you know, by ten for most of the second half, but they they almost got themselves into a position where they just felt they needed to pass the ball every single down when they didn't really need to. They 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 panicked. I thought everything was a panic. I thought that they they had this uh, the, a bad game plan coming in maybe, and then they just you know, Mahomes has a great first drive, scores, and I think that they just they they just lost their composure a little bit. I said panicked and they just got away from really who they are and what they do well they didn't need to, to be in this this complete you know area of concern but they did that to themselves and they made it tough on themselves and just the pressure got to them really I think and they just did not play well this is not the Ravens team we're used to seeing and for you know, people out there that I don't want to say casual fans, but fans who haven't watched the Ravens, paid much attention to the Ravens all season, who watch that game and just say, "Oh, the Ravens weren't very good." Well, you're just wrong. The Ravens were fantastic all season. They are great. That wasn't the best version of the Ravens, but again, the Chiefs had a lot to do with that. They they played great. They're they're so. I you know I I roll my eyes sometimes with the whole concept of championship experience and medal and all that kind of stuff. But then you watch a game like that yesterday, you say, "Yeah, that." That makes sense. The The Chiefs know how to win in these situations. They, they were fantastic when they needed to be.
0: Frank Schwab with us on Sports 1440. So, Frank, I think is the line at 1.5 to open, kind of? right now for the Super Bowl? Uh, it, it,
2: opened at, it opened briefly at minus two, and it has moved down to one and a half. I heard some places it's even moved down to one, so mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of Chiefs people coming in early.
0: Yeah, so do you think it's going to kind of stick around that area, or is it going to have a little more movement as we kind of go here in the next couple weeks?
2: I really only think that the, that the, the only movement is going to move to the Chiefs. I really believe mm-hmm. that because – I mean, we deal, especially against the Super Bowl, there's a lot of recency bias involved. We just saw the Chiefs play really, really well against the Ravens. Right after playing really well against the Bills. So I think that, again, we're dealing with what what happened last and – that was, you know, and it's also Patrick Mahomes. It's also Andy Reid, and the Forty ers haven't played well. So I think most of the most of the money in the bets are going to come in on Chiefs. You're going to see line moves. I think it's probably good. It probably will end up as a pick'em. Wow. I, that's my guess anyway. I don't think the Forty ers are going to be favored by game day. We'll see though. We'll see if that flips. It's it's just it's just weird because the Forty ers were. I mean, the better team for, you know, again, until Christmas. The 49ers weren't just considered the best team, better team than Kansas City. They were considered the best team in football, one of the best seasons of football we've seen in a few years. And that just has kind of really dissipated these last few weeks while the Chiefs are on the rise, and I think you're going to see that reflected in the betting patterns.
0: Frank, you sort of touched on it, Andy Reid, getting an extra week of preparation. Both teams do, but does that give Kansas City a little bit more of an edge? than San Fran, and why?
2: I mean, you, would, you wouldn't think so because Kyle Shanahan's a good coach, and everybody, ha- you know, it's, it's better with a week to prepare, right? But Andy Reid's record coming off a bye, which is the same situation, basically, it, it's just unbelievable. I can't tell it to you off the top of my head. I don't know it. But when you give Andy Reid an extra week, he's, he's just a, a wizard. And I, I don't know. Exactly what you know why that is. I, I've never really delved into the why, but I do know the record is a record. And when you give Andy Reid an extra week, his his record is just unbelievable. I, I mean, yes, it absolutely helps Kyle Shanahan and that staff too, and they're really good over there. But there's just something about if you give Andy Reid two weeks to get ready for a game, mm-hmm. he is he is, he's usually going to beat you. I mean, that's just the way it is. So I, I guess you just based on history and results, you give the the edge to Reid there.
0: And TS is going to make it in time for the game. It sounds like it, right?
2: Like, if she wants to, I mean, I'll tell you this, like, you know, I mean, yes, she's flying in the luxury and all that, but to do four straight shows, four straight nights in Tokyo, hop on a (laughs) 12-hour flight to Vegas and, and get there on Saturday night, it's... It's tough. It's tough. It's, it's not easy for Taylor Swift, but it's I, who knows? I mean, we'll see. I, I hope she makes it. I like the story. I'm not one of these people who's up in arms over Taylor Swift. He's shown for three seconds on a television. I'm fine with it. I think it's a cool story. I think it's cool to add new fans to the NFL. She seems to handle it really, really well. So, hey, I'm all for it. I hope she's in Vegas for a Super Bowl.
0: And, and that's the thing. She has created a, a stir and and brought in more fans, more awareness to a game that is already, you know, a league that is already, like, you know, at the top of the heap here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just, yeah, I got no problem with her. She's she's great. And, you know, again, I, what's the problem with expanding the league? What's the problem <laughs> with, again, it, it, people are that bent out of shape over her being shown on the uh, Five times for a total of twenty-five seconds or whatever it's going to be during the Super Bowl. Well, I, that, that's kind of a you problem. Yeah, you need to worry and think about what, why does uh bend you so far out of shape?
0: That'll be an interesting prop bet, I would imagine. The amount of yeah, time, yeah, and,
2: yeah, I, it, you know, it, I will take the over, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, you get to the you get to the point where this is. This is an audience of obviously a lot of non-football fans. A lot of everybody watches the Super Bowl, even if you don't, even if you don't know anything about the teams coming in. You watch the Super Bowl, so yeah, I think we're gonna we're in for a lot of Taylor Swift on Super Bowl Sunday. But again, hey, I, I'm fine with that. I don't doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the game.
0: Frank, appreciate your time. Uh, have a couple of weeks off of prep work, I guess, and then uh, enjoy the Super Bowl in Vegas. Thanks for coming on today.
2: Absolutely, will do. I appreciate it.
0: That's Frank Schwab. Yahoo Sports covers the NFL and. That will be an interesting. There'll be, I'm sure there'll be amount of time shown of Taylor Swift, total amount of seconds. If it's over, you know, thirty-five combined seconds or under uh five, six appearances. I don't know. He says take the over on it all though.
1: I think that's probably a safe bet because Matt, like like I said, even if it... Like Frank said, even if it is for just a few seconds, like, it's pretty regularly They're flashing it up to that uh, that luxury box or the, the, uh, the, the wives box, whatever, mm-hmm. wherever she's camped out. So um, I, I, I'm on the same side as Frank, though. Like, it does not take anything away from me watching the game, putting her up on the screen. And if that appeases some of these uh, new people flocking in, that maybe they take a new interest mm-hmm. in the game and all of a sudden... And, and anybody that is out there complaining, maybe... If it's all of a sudden a, a person's a girlfriend or their wife or something that's a big Taylor Swift fan and all of a sudden now they're into the game, how is that a negative? For for a guy who all of a sudden uh, you know isn't uh, fighting over the remote on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon, his uh, you get uh, you get your significant other on board to watch the game. She's appeased by Taylor mm-hmm. Swift being on there, uh, and then you get to sit down and, watch and not be badgered all afternoon. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I don't have that uh, that circumstance because I'm uh, still flying solo. But I know I, plenty of my friends do. I'll say that uh, straight up. Uh, they 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 fight for the remote on Sunday, and maybe not the remote, but they take a lot of heat for just wanting to camp out on the couch for you know seven and a half of commercial free football so uh, it's more eyes on the game the better even in a league like the NFL that's like you said Mm -hmm. Kevin already very clearly uh, top tier across North America
0: Text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Just wanted to get this one in. a Positive Bronte fan, long time Lions fan, crushed this morning. Dan Campbell, we would not have been there if he was, if it wasn't for him. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Love the guy, don't fault him at all. Catch off the bounce off the helmet, key drops and a fumble. To me, that's the difference. They'll come smarter and stronger. Come back smarter and stronger next year. Don't cry because it's over. Just smile because. It happened. Uh, on the subject of Bronte, I wanted to mention uh, uh, that uh, a lot of us were at uh, Robin Brownlee's memorial service yesterday. Just a wonderful kind of reflection of life, celebration of life. Uh, Jason Gregory spoke. Uh, George LaRock spoke. Uh, Scotty the Bulldog Olsen spoke. Uh, Anna Lynn and Sam had some uh, beautiful words. And uh, I think there were a lot of, you know, it was a lot of people there Enjoyed, you know, the, the fellowships uh, and and talking to some guys that they hadn't seen for a while, like you know, like uh, all the old writers were there. And Rod Phillips had a good conversation with him after with Curtis Stock. We had a couple sandwiches, or they did anyway. And um, you know, it was just a nice, nice service. So um, thanks uh, to everyone that, that showed up for that. And um, it was it was a, just a, a nice, a, a nice couple of hours to to look back, share some stories they had. Uh, three songs for a slideshow, and they had, you know, he, and the other, the thing with Ruben is he always had his, before camera phones, he had his little digital camera that he took with him everywhere, and he was always snapping pictures, and he he got, there were a lot of pictures that were taken of him when he was working and all over, you know, covering the Oilers and and other stuff and boxing and things like that, so um, they had some, a a real nice touch with the the slides and all the pictures, so uh, it was a great afternoon. Um, when we come back, we'll get to a few of your texts. And also, Duke, I think you'll never believe what I did last night. I went through and I did an all-star break report card for the Oilers. Whoa. Ah, yeah. And I'll tell you what. It was hard because, and I, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to go, eh, I don't know. But you try to do an, a report card when a team's won 16 in a row. Oh, well, the, but you said you're, it, you're, mo- you're going, okay, this is good, this is bad, but... You've won 16 in a row.
1: It's it's a tale
0: of two seasons
1: for the Oilers. Obviously, the horrendous start, yes. and then um, the eight in a row, the drop three, and now where we're at here. So, <laughs> so that that's a pretty t- that is a tough task, Kevin. I don't envy you for sitting down and uh, taking that on. I think there'll be
0: some where people are going no or too high. Sure. And I I'll be honest. I think a lot of them are higher than probably normal that I would have done. Yeah. But we'll get to those when we come back right after the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, the 740 BA break. Text coming in, one 1440 from my good buddy, Bob. I don't care about oiler report cards done by Edmonton Media or any media on any team whatsoever. The purpose except a slow sports day. Thank you very much, Bob. Really appreciate your input, as always. So, again, this is... Uh, it was a different – I kind of – I wouldn't say I've done this in the past, Duke, uh, at Global or uh, TV, but we've kind of, uh, I guess, had our – you know, you look back at, at, at the year and you look and see where players are and what they've done and where they were and where they are now. I mean, again, this was a different kind of thing. So, I don't know. I just thought I'd give this kind of a whirl, and we're going to zip through them fairly quickly, and I'm sure people are going to be going – uh-uh, wrong, too high, too low, whatever. So here we go, Duke. And if, and I'll also, Duke, uh, if you can kind of, if there's one or two that you go, I don't like that one, or, well, I know you're probably going to agree with every one of them, but I, if there's one or two that you go, I don't like that grade, write her down. I will. Okay, let's rip her here. So, and I just sort of kind of went with how the scores are, like the leading scores, and kind of went down from there. Connor McDavid, I gave an A. Twenty goals, sixty-seven points, and doing so much more than years past. Physical, um, he's engaged a lot more in and around the net. Give him an A. Leon Drysuttle, A minus. Still at times coughs up the puck a little too much for my liking, but fifty-seven points, A minus, strong. Zach Hyman. A-plus, the only A-plus grade that was given. 30 goals for Hyman. He's the only player in the NHL that has scored 30 goals and is not at the All-Star Game. Even though that's great, I think he needs the rest because he plays so damn hard. 47 points. He's plus 19. Does it all. Only grade that's an A-plus. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gave a B to. I think there's more left in the tank for Nugent Hopkins. He's got 44 points. He's, I mean, he had a wonderful season last year. Just needs to kind of raise his game a little bit, but does so many things that uh, go unnoticed. Uh, A strong B. Evan Bouchard... Now, this was a tough one, but I did go B-plus because of what he does offer on the power play. And when your power play is ranked fourth in the league and he offers the affordability to uh, rip shots from wherever he is, he's in the top five of defenseman scoring. He will be getting um, Norris Trophy votes. He has got 43 points on the year. That's a point more than Roman Yosi. So I gave Bouchard a B-plus. Vander Kane, a B. 15 goals inconsistent at times um, he's dash seven that's uh, that's where that's kind of where I went with the B could have um, he's going to have a major impact on what this team does and where it goes however moving down the stretch Warren Fogel a minus out of all the guys at the start of the year when the Oilers were struggling. Warren Fogle was probably the most consistent player. He has continued that consistency through the coaching change. Warren Fogle with 10 goals on the year. He will undoubtedly pass his career highs, uh, 26 points on the year. I gave Warren Fogle a minus. Ryan McLeod, a B, slow start, really slow start, and that's uh, seen him pick up a lot here in the last bit. The ability to play wing and move up to the second line there for a couple weeks or whatever it was, uh was a, a critical part of how the Oilers evolved and their ability to go on this winning streak. So B for uh, uh Ryan McLeod. Matthias Ekholm and Darnell Nurse, I both gave A-minuses because of the workload and the amount that they play. Nurse, I know people are going to go, oh, that's too high, but he plays so hard in all the difficult situations, and I think he's... I think he's one of the main reasons why, along with Ekholm, to settle the defense down. They played great. I gave them both A-minuses. Cody CCA gave a B. Again, underrated in a lot of areas. He plays – if you look at uh, the penalty kill at the end of the night, I mean – Cody Cece's minutes on the penalty kill unit are as high as anyone on the defensive unit. Sam Gagne, I gave a B to because if you think about where Sam has come from, five goals and five assists, 10 points in just 22 games, and you think about the big goals that he scored. And if you could get, if you were to say you're going to get five goals from Sam Gagne at the All Star break, you'd go pretty good so far. So I gave Sam a B. Uh, Corey Perry is an incomplete because. His stats uh, from Chicago four goals, five assists, and uh, nine points. Only played one game. Can't really give him a grade, so he was an incomplete. Derek Ryan is a B minus for me, bordering on a B. But again, so many things that go unnoticed Uh, face offs, penalty kill. Matthias Janmark, same thing. B minus for Janmark. Uh, again, very solid on the penalty kill, responsible with the puck, uh, just one goal, and would like just to see a little more offense uh, contributing uh, contribution from Janmark. Vene Deharnay is a B, as is Brett Kulak. Uh, defense partners, played well together. I think when you look at a third pairing to get those guys what they've given you, I don't know if you could ask for much more. All right, here we go. Connor Brown. This was the hardest one to do. And just because I was in such a great, great mood, I just went C-. minus. So, again, very uh, big part of the penalty kill, but no goals, four assists in 38 games. He's dash eight. Need to get some offense from this guy. He will be, he's probably the next guy that if you want to make it a move out of the roster that goes to the press box as your 13th forward, he's probably the next guy on the list. Uh, you know, Sam Gagne came out, but I would imagine that Connor Brown is probably the next guy on the list. So C minus for that. Stu Skinner, A, and Cal Pickard, I also gave an A. So the goaltenders both got A's. I mean, I can't really say much more about what the goaltending has done and what Stu Skinner's done and how he has been one of the main reasons. And now, again, we talked about it off the top. Stu Skinner, 2.44 goals against. That is tied for seventh in the NHL with Thatcher Demko. Uh, Thatcher Demko is in always the Vezina Trophy conversation. Stu Skinner's got the numbers that match uh, Thatcher Demko. So, I'm sure people are really excited about that. Duke and Bob is really <laughs> king of fort nasty says good morning uh kk and duke i like your report card you're on point with all of them uh and then bob needs to, to get the sand out of his area <laughs> and bob goes uh thanks kevin enjoy your report report card and feedback thanks bobby well duke which one didn't you like couple there's a couple, and
1: once again, I understand the difficulty of a task like this as we are in the midst of a 16-game winning streak here in Edmonton, but there were a couple things. that I did think that Ryan McLeod at a B is maybe a touch on the high side because okay. if we split the season in a half, basically here we are four months in, right? October, November, December, January. And even it was not really until the, um, you know, the very end of November until this thing kind of really yep. got back on the rails. I think McLeod for the first half of that was... Lower, terrible. Okay, but to put it put it quite plainly. Uh, so I may go maybe a C or a C plus for Ryan McLeod. Oh, but um, how about a
0: B minus? Mm,
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, the The Connor Brown one, same thing. C- you'd probably
0: uh, go D plus. Maybe? I think
1: a D because it's a passing grade. Yeah. It is because of his contributions on the penalty kill and you know being a serviceable roster player. But based on expectation and ability and opportunity that he was afforded at the start of the season. I think he is still underwhelmed, and I don't think that's an unpopular opinion around this team in this city right now. So I would say a D or a D-plus might be more appropriate. And then, um, you know what? Uh, I think there's a little bit of – I know you gave both Nurse and Ekholm an A. I gave Uh, him A-minus. A-minus. I I think Nurse deserves an A and Ekholm a B-plus. So just basically shifting those out. On either side of that letter grade, there because once again, keep, and yes, it was partly due to recovering from injury mm-hmm. and uh, whatever you want to call it, and you know, trying to cover up for Evan Bouchard some at the start of the year, what whatever, however you want to do. Put it down. Just Ekholm really struggled at the start of the season. And I, I know I'll be unpopular on this one, but the Evan Bouchard situation um, with a B plus, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, I still just think that on a night-to-night basis and consistency-wise, on his own side of the puck and in his own defensive zone, I'd maybe just bump that down to a B instead of a B plus. But overall, I thought you, uh, bad, you really huh? nailed it. I mean, he's not on the active roster, but what letter grade would you give Jack Campbell?
0: No, probably... To be honest. Is it an F? Well, he hate to fail a guy. Well,
1: that's, but I mean, he's, he's not in the NHL.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is that is it, th- Yeah, it would probably have to be an F, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, it, see, is, it, it is it is unfortunate, yeah,
1: yeah. and and he's he's playing a little bit better down in Bakersfield right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully that that trend continues. But uh, the goal, the, the the active goaltenders Skinner and uh, Pickard. I mean, yeah, how can you give them oh. anything less than an eight? Yeah. Uh, even with Skinner's, and this is the one part where we talked about the rough starts. Yes, Skinner's start was rough, but he has single-handedly won them games in the meantime. <laughs> that I think uh, allows him to elevate back to that uh, top letter grade. So great job, Kevin. Wow, maybe maybe we'll get that fabbed up into a little graphic. Yes, put. It out there on the socials and see uh see how many more people want to rip you apart for the grades you gave
0: well as long as bob is okay with it that's all that matters isn't it of course uh when we come back it's Laurie Ann munzer mark specter top of the hour before that time now for sports 1440 update brought to you by first round watch the super bowl at first round i guess two weeks from yesterday and uh you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year here is the duke